lot of talk going on these days about who is the greatest devil. And the immediate future is today, 5.30 Eastern Time for the Bulls and the Knicks. And, of course, there will be some electricity at Madison Square Garden. Oh, 51, and he goes, yes! And he looks at Van Gundy when he does it. The Bulls win the championship! Superman back in the building! Whose game is it? It's Michael Jordan's game! Hello, and welcome to The Up Podcast. This is Louis Valletta. All right, peace, guys. This is your boy, Ewood Andy Star, host of the Dynast Podcast. I got a very special guest with me today. It's my man, Luis Valletta. How you doing? I'm doing well today, I have to say. It's hard to be good under these conditions of quarantine, but, I, you know, we're talking about basketball, so that makes me happy right now. Yeah, man. I'm doing well. How about you? No, I'm doing good, man. Like, uh, it's just important for me to have you on the show, too, because, like, I had other guests, too. I'm, I'm trying to... I'm trying to get like a like a family thing, and then uh, you know, like I, everybody that I've met on Instagram to support the podcast, whatever. You you've been one of the few guys that's consistently been reposting my stuff, even without me asking or anything. So I, I just want to tell you that before we get started, I appreciate yeah. you. Yeah, we're we're in line with many of the Knicks' views, and you mainly cover the Knicks. So uh, when I am in agreement, I gotta repost. I'm not doing it for you. I'm doing it because you're actually telling the truth. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate so, you. That's why we post this stuff. And yeah, that's a big compliment. Jordan trying to shake off the arch. Michael Jordan at his best. There's very few people on this planet that can do this. He's just simply amazing. The 90s, and, the, and if you're going to talk about the 90s Knicks, you're going to be talking about none other than Michael Jeffrey Jordan. You know what I'm saying? As seen in the, in the show, yeah, yeah. So Michael Michael Jordan is the one that that um, brought you from a different sport to basketball. So you know, just say say um you know give give you a little yeah. insight behind that. The good boy for your market and my market, my market, my guys, my followers know. But for your market, I know I'm gonna get a lot of disrespect and spit in the face because I have to I have to tell the truth of where I come from. You know, I was really young. And I started to see this dude on SportsCenter. Now I'm a baseball fan watching baseball highlights. And I see this dude literally fly in the air, 200 pound man fly in the air. And I said to myself, what the, what the fuck? Can I curse on this? Yeah, curse like, curse like a motherfucker. Man. All right, what the fuck, what the fuck am I looking at? Like, I've never seen this before, right? So he starts popping up every so often. And here I am, I'm a baseball guy. I started looking at this dude because I didn't see an athlete. I saw something I never seen before. And that's the truth. As a kid, you're like, what is that? So I started following Michael Jordan and Michael Jordan is the only reason why I switched over from basketball to ba from baseball to basketball. And I started liking Michael Jordan. And what team did Michael Jordan play for? He played for the Bulls. So immediately, I became attracted to the Bulls at like eight, nine years old in that time frame, probably eight years old. So I, be, I was a real Chicago Bull fan. When Michael retired, I decided not to root for a jersey. I'm living in New York. What am I doing rooting for the Bulls if I'm a New Yorker? I'm an adult. Now I can make a conscious decision. 
I switched over to the Knicks, and it was the worst decision I ever made. In my life. <laughs> it just so happened right, at, right after that era, that's when it all went downhill for the Knicks, you know? We made that oh one little God. run in 99, you know, then after that, it's just been, you know, right. terrible. That little spurt over there was, yeah, that we could still hang on to that. But that's exactly when I switched over, man. And I'm remembering the dream, man, and the dream is... 91, 92, 93, that toughness. 94, 95, 96, that toughness. And then, like, I'm stuck in those ages as a Nick fan, wanting to see the reflection of that. And, man, I can't tell you. I don't know what's worse, suffering in an age of bar- uh, COVID-19 or is maybe suffering as a Knicks fan. I don't know which one is worse <laughs> right now. Well, it's definitely a Knicks fan, man. It's been so long, man. Like... <laughs> I agree with you. Yeah. I want to know. Yeah, I never, I never asked you the question about you. Where did you start being a Knicks fan, and were you a basketball fan your whole life? Well, yeah, my my, my dad, he he was like an all sport guy, but you know, just some um, speaking to the older guys, whatever. The basketball was always the big topic of conversation because of um, Bernard King, you know. So Ooh. yeah, Bernard yes. King was averaging twenty, you know, twenty two, thirty two points a game. So before I really found Jordan. You know, Bernard King was the guy that I fell in love with. So whenever they talked about Jordan, yeah, whenever whenever they whenever they talked about Jordan, anybody talked about Jordan, I didn't. You know, he wasn't as good as as Bernard King to me when I was a kid. Because I I genuinely didn't watch Bernard King play live. So I want to know if you were to compare Bernard King to the players today, show me the difference. Well, he. You know, everyone talks about uh, Carmelo. He's exactly like Carmelo, except, you know, he, he it wasn't really like a lot of ISO. Everything was like, if he did ISO, because uh, let, let me get that straight. Um, Bernard King was an ISO king. He was he was ISO every single time down. But it was different in the fact that it, it wasn't just, um, you know, three-point stance and fake, 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 fake. He, like, Bernard King was attacking mm-hmm. you every time, you know? And it was a different era. Yeah. That, you know, there was no, no hand, you know, there was hand-checking. They were pushing, fouling like crazy, so... Everything was turnaround jumpers, and he would just shoot over you or shoot through you. So it was a whole different era, man. So, you know, if you could, if you looked up here, it would have to be mellow. Your favorite? No, no, or compare. You're yeah, just comparing him to mm-hmm. mellow. Now, I, I must, I must say this. I love mellow's offensive game. Who plays better defense, Bernard or mellow? I gotta say Bernard, cause uh, I seen Bernard stick his nails <laughs> in, into uh, Larry Bird, man. He choked out Larry Bird a couple times. I, I gotta go back to. The, I think I remember watching it because I'm, I love what love watching Larry Bird. So I don't think I ever saw him choked out Larry Bird. Well, back then everybody was fighting back then, man. Because I know which I love. Yeah. So, anyways, um, yeah, to get it, getting into today's game, right? Mm-hmm. And how soft I think it is, and I think you agree with me compared to that time period. That time period. If we're comparing the two, where people actually choke you if they're upset with you. Right. <laughs> this period, they just stop and like uh, all that jazz. Or you get, a, or you get an elbow in the ribs. From this time period to that time period, the series in my mind. You can go to Detroit. Um, you can go to Detroit, Chicago. You can go to Boston, L.A. You can go to those fights. You can go to those tough series. What I go to dramatically, and especially after this Bulls dynasty. Uh, the the last dance documentary. Me and you agreed that we look back to the Knicks and the Bulls being the defining series of that. Oh, 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 oh,
agree on that. Yeah. And absolutely. why is that? So I want you to I want you to go on about why you think why you think that defines that whole era. Well, I, I think I think from from both ends, I say like like Chicago, they had to get through Detroit, and the Knicks, you know, we had to fight Boston. And, you know, Boston was the, always the one that was always top of us. You know, either to push us out the playoffs or or yeah. actually push us in the playoffs. You know what I'm saying or, or whatever. So we, we was just on two two opposite things. So it, it was it was natural that we would collide with each other. You know what I'm saying? So it, it that that was like the Ewing era, the the big, you know the 90s, whatever. It just came together like like a like a car crash. You know, so I mean, right? That's what I. Mm-hmm. I picture it, and yeah. why? And, and why is it? Why is it like a car crash? Why is it because you got a tough blue-collar New York-minded team? Literally represents the soul of the city, right? Hard nose, this and that. Nobody's shining. It's a team thing over there. And you coming in, you're gonna get pushed to the ground. You know, in a nice way. Mm-hmm. You're gonna get pushed down. You're gonna get, you know, pushed around as an athlete. And then you got the Chicago Bulls. With a crown jewel, you got the rising best player in the world on the team. A little bit more, not not soft, but a team that's that's tough in its own way. So we have these these two freight trains about to hit each other, and it happened at the beginning of the '90s, and it didn't stop the whole '90s. Yeah, it didn't stop. And no, actually, why, from '89 to '96, that was uh, uh, the era in which. The Knicks played with such a team. The ball moved. There was no isolation. Mm-hmm. There was like that was true basketball. That there was there was hard nose, legal, but hard nose defense to where psychologically, I think every Nick on the team was an alpha male, and they just were this this. They represented the city so well, and I think that. That rivalry with those two going back and forth, man, there was something special about it. And I remember you saying something like, "The Oakley trade. What started? You know, what started everything? I want you to talk about that, so we so we know a little bit about you know the Cartwright. Let's refresh about that. Okay. Well, let's say we we can start with Cartwright. Cartwright, um, he actually averaged twenty points a game for us. Twenty points, maybe like seven, eight rebounds, whatever. But um, the Knicks had um, had was... just drafted um, Ewing right after right after the Jordan draft. The, the Ewing draft was 1985, so we we had Ewing. So now we had to we were stuck in a, in a point where we had twin towers, you know. So we had we had our own problems. But Chicago, they you know they still trying to get through um, Detroit, but they they just didn't have like uh, like enough um, speed, you know. They didn't have enough athleticism up front, so um, that's why Detroit was like manhandling them. So they they needed to do something themselves. So um, you know they they had just drafted Horace Grant. Horace Grant's coming off the bench, mm-hmm. doing his thing. So yeah. I mean, like outside of you know Scottie Pippen, also they weren't sure what, if Scottie Pippen was going to take it to the next level the way they did. But um, they they needed like um some some like just like an extra anchor, somebody to help fight Detroit. So they they had to make that Oakley um for for Cartwright Trey because Oakley Oakley simply right, can't score. They yeah, they had Horace to take Oakley's spot, and then Oakley Oakley simply he just can't score, man. You know so. But we, we ended up taking Oakley too. So I mean we'll we'll talk about that as we go along too. But Oakley Oakley <laughs> was talking about Ewing, right? We was talking about that. But um Oakley, how many right. times did Oakley blow layups down low, you know what I'm saying? During key moments of I games. Know, I know. Yeah, diving for loose balls, but weird. turning the ball over, you know. A lot, a lot of things were yeah, Oakley. He had a pretty jump shot the wing, you know, an open if he's open, you give him that jump shot, that one two step into the jump shot. He knocked that down, but He's definitely not a power, uh, offensive power like Horace Grant was. 
Right. And if the Knicks had Horace Grant, then maybe we would have won something too because a lot of times, like, you can even just jump to Charles Smith. Charles Smith couldn't even make a basic layup that year. You know what I'm saying? That That's that's how bad of a... Of a yeah. Yeah, that the, the Knicks were man. We we needed we needed those guys. We just didn't have them. It's it's very sad. Those guys, uh, the tall, the, the, I call them the taller, goofy guys. It's very 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 hard to be that tall and be that good. You know, the, 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 it's just a, a point a fact. The majority of smaller players in the NBA are way better mm-hmm. skill wise than those the big guys, and that's why us fans we always get on those goofy those uh, the goofy big guys because you know. They're not the most skilled guys, and we're watching on television. I'm like, come on, why don't you do something? Make a shot, blah blah blah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's part of being a, a basketball and a Nick fan. Yeah. So it starts from back then, mm-hmm. right? It starts from back then. And you thought that you think any of that started had like a little bit of bad blood? What do you made a little bad blood on either side? Yeah, I think so. I I think Oakley um, took that personally when they when he traded him because they were building something there. So. They they you know specifically singled him out to get rid of him to improve the team. So I think he took that, you know, he took that to heart. So, you know, not um you know if you if you want to talk about the trade, the, the trade happened in um in the summer of '88, and um '88 '89 that was actually the first um time that they met in the playoffs, Chicago Bulls and, and the Knicks, the first season that Oakley had, you know. So that that begins the the um the era right there, you know. Yeah, and if you yeah you trace it back that far mm-hmm. there's a lot of blood there's a lot of shit going on there i mean these guys were the, it was like mixing oil and water and you got you had like i always remember even being young like oh jordan and patrick talk or whatever but you never get a sense that any of these guys on the bulls and the knicks at least i didn't were friends because you didn't see it on the court Matter of fact, I've never seen friends that hit each other like that on the court or tell each other, you know, F you in their face, which I, which they've both done. And they, you know, they physically push and whatever. And you remember Pippen and Oakley? You remember Pippen and Oakley messing around, joking around as bulls? You see the clip, you know, blah, blah. And then when they get on their separate teams, it ain't a joke. Like, that shit ain't a joke. Oakley and Pippen hated each other. So yeah, they were, they were trying to kill see, each other. You know, you got to you got that. You got the Starks, Jordan hating. You got Patrick versus versus Michael stuff. And like I said, you hear they talk and whatever. But I would. I always thought that Patrick hated Jordan and that Jordan hated Patrick. And that's the big difference between today's game and the, the you know the game back then, which I love so much. That's why we're talking about it. It's like those guys genuinely would go to war with each other, like they didn't even know each other on the on the court. And and we saw that as kids, and we're buying it. You can tune into WWF and get the fake stuff, or you can t- turn into the NBA and get the real stuff. So I look forward to each and every one of those games. And as a Jordan fan, man, even though I hated the Knicks, I respected the Knicks. There's a big difference right there. Right. And a lot of these teams are soft. And I never really re- respected some of the way, like like the um, um, like the way the Suns played basketball with Amari and Nash that system. Or there's systems I just don't like. Or D'Antoni the uh, system. Uh, there's systems I just don't like. It's not true basketball. Yeah. But the Knicks and the Bull, it's complete schematic juggernauts. The both sides. The coaching was wonderful. Tell me what you what stands out the most for you in those rivalries. 
Well, like like you were, you were talking about the different eras and stuff. It's just um, they just left things on the floor. That that's where the term came from. The the, the term leave it on the floor came from the nineties. So now now the, these guys they play yeah. hard, but they're not really leaving it on the floor. You know, they they're not really getting at no, each other. Because I mean, Ewing Ewing and um and these guys they were friends off the court. Like there's a story where um in the last dance where John Paxson, uh, not John Paxson um what's the what's the guy um. Uh, one of the guys on the Celtics Steve went. Kerr? No, no, um, on the Celtics. Okay, one of the guys, Dennis Johnson. No, no, no. Um, it was uh, I can't remember the guy's name, man. Well, anyway, they they, oh, they, they actually play golf together. Danny Ainge. Danny Ainge. There you go. They play golf together. You know what I'm saying? So right after they play golf, then they'll go in, right into the game and start throwing elbows, motherfucker, this, that, and the other. You know? So it it was just it was just a different different type of man, yeah. different era. You yeah. know? Yeah. Yes, yeah. and I'm fascinated by it, man, mm-hmm. because nothing I see, nothing I see today resembles that. Do you want to know the two players I see that do that do embody that? Yeah. Can you guess the two players? You want to take a shot? Uh, players nowadays is not is not too many of them, man. There's two '90s players, and there's a reason why they're they're '90s guys. One is Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yeah. You want. Eat your ass, step on your neck, and walk off the court. Whether he's winning or losing, he doesn't want to shake your hand. And by the way, he plays offense and defense. And also, he works on his game, and he improves. Number two, Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard, okay. Total 90s guy. Two-way two-way player. Tough as shit, right? Shuts his mouth. Don't get him wrong, but he ain't taking nothing. Tough as shit. And... Like Giannis, works on his game. The money doesn't affect these dudes, and that's what I love, and that's the difference between these two eras. Right. You but, know, and and they're they're bread and just goes back. Yeah, their bread and butter is not the three point shot either. You know, these these guys, you know, it's all all inside. You know, like power, strength, defense. You know, yeah. passing. They 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 both have two things in common. Their fundamentals are absolutely insanely great. They're great. Giannis is obviously way more athletic, but don't don't get it twisted. Giannis is a very fundamental, fundamentally sound player who plays just as hard on defense as he does on offense. Those two get my '90s badges for NBA 2K20 right yeah. there. You know what? What team um, that, um, um, that that gets that for me is the the Clippers. That's the whole Clippers team. Now they they went and got Marcus Morris as well. But they got that you know their their um, their big man are, are really good. You got um, uh, the the names are driving me crazy right now. You know they got the point guard over there too. That's like he's like straight. The guy, uh, there's a guy number four, Green, the Michael Green, who could step out and shoot the three. Mm-hmm. But then there's the, um, there's Zubats, right? Zubats, you know yeah. Zubats, the white guy. Uh, and then there, ooh, ooh, there's Montrez Harrell. That's the guy I was looking for. Boy. Yeah, Montrez Harrell. Harrell's a tough man. And then imagine you're, you're playing. Imagine you're, imagine you're going up against Montrez Harrell. You got at the point guard the point. Uh, one twenty-three. What's his name? The crazy one. I like him. What's his name? Patrick yeah. Beverly. Patrick Beverly. Yeah. Right. Imagine you looking at them, right? And it's like that's bad enough. But then you look to the left and the right on the wings, and you've got Paul George and Kawhi, two of the top five perimeter defenders in the NBA, standing in front of you. The Clippers got something, and yeah. I picked the Clippers to win the championship this year. How? Who are you picking? 
Well, I was gonna pick the Clippers too, but how how messed up is that? Because the Clippers are like the Knicks of of um, of, of the now. You know what I'm saying? Because the Clippers <laughs> have never won, and the year that they that they're the, as close as they can get to winning a championship, it's a freaking pandemic. You know what I'm saying? So they're just as screwed as we are. Scary. You know? It's 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 scary. It's scary how that came out, and and what's what what makes it worse is that I think that LeBron has an advantage now because he got to rest his body. This is all new now for him, and he needed that rest. And now you're gonna have a hundred percent LeBron versus the Clippers in the playoffs. That's gonna be crazy. I'm tuning into that. That's seven games right there. But I didn't think Lakers had a shot up until this pandemic happened. Now they got a strong shot to knock off the Clippers. So how do you think they're going to start this season? You know, how are they going to, I mean, after this this pandemic stuff, like how do, how do you even start? I think they're going to try to start. And I think they're going to get one city. They're talking about Disney and they're talking about, uh, there's one more, Disney and uh, Las Vegas. Those are the two that are amongst other cities. Obviously, it's going to be warm climate, um, minimal staff, and they're going to play without fans. What's even scarier, I, I don't know, I honestly, I don't know if it's going to start. But I think it will start in the playoffs. I think they'll start just playing the playoffs, get the finals done, and then they're going to move the schedule. They want, they're talking about moving the schedule up next year to where it starts Christmas Day. Oh, shit, man. I... So everything will be changed. Everything will be changed permanently. That's what they're speaking of right now. I mean, I, I don't get it, man. That, I think that ties into the same, like, uh, you know, just like the softness, you know, like the world right now is just too soft. I understand it's a pandemic and stuff like that, but I mean, to, just to to, seg to segue this into some, you know, into softening up the season, the, you know, postponing everything and treating everybody like babies, you know, that, that, yeah, that I really, I, I just can't dig with it, man. I can't, I can't get with it. I know. Well, if they, I mean, I ho hopefully they have the information that is, is giving them the justification for doing that. You know, we just hope that the information that they have is true, right? That 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 they're going on science, and hopefully the science is true, you know. Hopefully, right. So I know it's a tough. It's, it's tough. There's so many soft things that <laughs> that is my, that are that are you know comparing today's day and age to to the '90s. Not just in basketball. It's just a, it's just softer all around. Yeah. But me and you, probably more being Knicks fans, we're probably more annoyed by the softness that's displayed on the basketball court. So I hate to say it in this current day roster. Don't get me started. <laughs> okay, well, let's segue into, into that, um, the Oakley, the Oakley Ewing thing. Cause I mean, we have like, um, the nineties era, yeah. you know, you know, in our hearts, you know what I'm saying? But now Oakley is coming out and saying that, uh, Ewing yeah. was a diva and, um, you know, he, he, he did a lot of things and that, that, um, that stopped them from winning and stuff like that. So I mean, I, that all that all that to me yeah. is like I want to know what this old guy is is coming from with all this stuff, you know? Because like we, I remember yeah. Ewing leaving it all out there. I remember Oakley leaving it out yeah. there. I, ne I never saw any, yeah, this, I mean, you know, there was nothing in the media. These guys are always together, yeah. so I don't know understand what he, where he's coming from. I with never, this. I, I I genuinely never could put that together. And I think this is just me. This is a conspiracy theorist uh, talk. It's stupid. Um, but I'm just going to throw it out there. I think possibly you and I are right and that there has never really been a feud between them. They've been fine up until maybe, I'm just saying maybe, maybe Oakley, and this is, I've never seen it written everywhere, anywhere, but maybe 
this whole Oakley Knicks feud thing uh, with the organization, blah, blah, blah. Maybe Patrick Ewing didn't come out and say something publicly helping Oakley. Maybe, I don't know, I didn't see what he said, but maybe he heard or said something that was pro Dolan instead. I don't know, or pro Knicks organization or said something maybe. I don't know. But something seemed to stab Oakley a little bit to not like Patrick Ewing. Yeah, I, you I tell think, me what 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 do you think it is? Well, I think it's I think it's simply just um that Ewing didn't say anything. Like he expected Ewing to just tarnish his whole reputation just to um, you know, just to stand by Oakley, you know, with with the Dolan thing. And then to the to this to this day, yeah. No, no matter how many interviews Oakley's had, he's never said exactly what it was that that um that's pissing him off about Dolan. Like we really don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I, that and 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 uh, you mean about Ewing, Ewing, Patrick Ewing. Well, uh, you know, it, it all started with Dolan, so he was mad because yeah, Ewing yeah, didn't yeah. say anything. You know, so yes. but I mean, but Oakley never even said that um, what what was bothering him with Dolan to begin with. That now right. you th- you throwing Dolan on the bus, now you're gonna bring Ewing into it too. So like, what what's going on? Yeah. Who, the the common yeah, denominator is Oakley. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like it's like what's going on with him? And obviously, you know, we know he has got like everybody. Nine out of ten of my people drink, but I don't. But but uh, you know, Charles Oakley apparently has a drinking problem. Maybe he goes off on some tangents and this and that and blah blah blah. Seems like a relatively good guy. But listen, there's just something like there's like this this code you should go by, and that's trying to be the best teammate you possibly can be to a guy who the public per- per- perceives as your friend and as part of that crew. No one wants to look back and see and think like, oh, Patrick and Charles, they don't like each other and blah, blah. No one wants to see that. Why couldn't they just make a call? Why can't Patrick just fucking call Charles Oakley or Oakley call Patrick and make the make the, the statement? You don't, In my opinion, you don't say that shit in public because it's not classy. And I'm glad Patrick didn't. I'm glad Patrick didn't respond to that. Yeah, and then Oakley's supposed to be the heart and soul At of least the Knicks. Yeah. Well, Oakley's supposed to be the yeah. heart and soul of the Knicks. Well, so you, you would think that somebody like Greg Anthony, because he was such a dick when he, when he was, uh, uh, you know, a Nick back in the days, you would think that Greg Anthony would be the one yeah. to say something like that. But it was Oakley, the heart and soul. Right. You, you know, so it just right. rubs you right. the wrong yeah. way. This is, like, you guys are the faces of the, of the franchise. He's the phrase. Yeah. I just don't know. I don't know that that was really surprising you know reading multiple parts of like not just one thing he says and then he gets back into it again so like he didn't clean it he didn't clean it up at all saying that he's a that that patrick ewing is a diva yeah i don't know i i mean listen maybe there's something that we don't know because we didn't have social media who knows but i have never and i'm a pretty good judge of character in any of Patrick's interviews, I never ever saw any of that. Never. Maybe he's just a guy that wants to win, like Michael Jordan did. Right. Who knows? And 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 that's why you're. Those people can be kind of mean on the court or whoever. I, I always got the perception that Oakley was meaner than Patrick. You ain't gonna tell. It's weird. I'm probably probably sure you've seen the same thing. Like, if one of those guys is gonna be a diva, I don't see Patrick being a diva at all. I just don't see it. Right, I, I would think Charles Smith or some of those guys, some of those yeah. secondary guys, would be, you know, but not not the main guys, you know. Well, I mean, this is this is your boy E. Rudy, any star. What what I do on the show is I put four fingers to my forehead, tuck in my thumb, and I salute. <laughs> and you know, like I said, we we'll hope to collab again, and and we'll see everybody soon, man. You too. All right, man.